Hi, I'm Michelle, and I'm... Wait, am I the straight-laced psychotherapist? I thought I was going to be the unconventional hypnotherapist, and you were going to be the super serious trauma specialist. No, you were going to be the relationship expert. Like, love expert. And you're going to be the specialist who guides people with down-to-earth techniques for transmuting trauma? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Okay, good. I'll be the love expert. I mean, I am the love expert. I think we have this all sorted out. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light, and this is Holding Ground. Today and every Monday, we've got a little bit of everything for you. Shall we? Yeah, let's do this. Good morning. Welcome to Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer, and I am the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And today I am here with my co-host, Michelle Mooney. She is our resident trauma therapist at Anchor Light. We're live here on 1150 AM talk radio, KKNW, but you can stream this show anytime on the KKNW website, our website, anchorlighttherapy.com, or go to all places where uh, you find your favorite podcasts. So good morning, Michelle. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Good morning, Laura. Good morning to our listeners. So today we have a really fun show. We're talking all about all kinds of holiday stress. So everything from how to plan, how to budget, being alone during the holidays, grief during the holidays, and of course, how to manage the stress of the holidays in 2020. So I think this is a really important topic, especially now, because we're all going to have some very different and interesting holidays this year with our families, um, which might be via Zoom because we aren't able to travel or there's, you know, the the governor has said we should stay home and not gather together. And so that just in and of itself is probably causing a lot of stress for people right now. Exactly, exactly. A lot of clients are very upset by it. And, you know, well, we're just going to have, you know, turkey dinner with one another at home. And, you know, it is sad, but it's also, you know, the right thing we can be doing right now. Yeah. And so what we want to talk about today is how to enjoy what is available to us right now. So, of course, this is not the ideal situation. Nobody was hoping to have their Thanksgiving dinner via Zoom, but at the same time, you know, if we can get ourselves in the right mindset, we might be able to still enjoy this, this holiday. And so the first step to that is to make a conscious decision to open yourself to true well-being and happiness and look at what there's available to you in this moment. How can you have fun just with your significant other? You know, if this if this is forced on us that it's going to be different this year and we're just going to be with the people in our household, what would be really nice about having a, an intimate Thanksgiving dinner with our, our kids and our, our partner or whoever, whoever we live with? Or, and this is maybe a little more challenging, but what might be really great about just having Thanksgiving dinner by yourself? Yeah, sounds good to me. Um, but yeah, also allowing yourself to feel the full range of emotions that we are probably going to be experiencing this year. So, you know, holidays in general can bring up a lot of different emotions. So you might feel joy, but you might also feel guilt, sadness, you know, allow yourself to feel all these emotions without judging yourself or thinking you should be happy or thinking you shouldn't be too happy. Um, just feel what comes up for you and go with that. Yes, we don't, you know, and, and the holidays in regular times and probably especially this year is an opportunity for a lot of people to experience some negative emotion um, just because we have high expectations that sometimes go unmet 
or maybe this is a year that's going to be really different because we're, we're grieving, we've lost a loved one, or somehow the situation isn't what we're used to. It's a new normal, maybe like a post-divorce type of situation. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't still try to have a positive experience. And so psychiatrist Dan Siegel says that by setting your intention, you prime your brain to be ready for positive experiences. So Michelle, can you give our listeners any examples of what that might look like for somebody if they're, even if it's not the ideal situation, they're just trying to prime their brain to, to have a positive experience? Right. So talking about those emotions again, you know, when we do have those positive emotions, we have to allow ourselves to feel that. And then that way we become more emotion or I'm sorry, more open and sensitive to future positive experiences. So bringing even more good feelings down the line. So things like, um, you know, gratitude, right? So there are things that we are thankful for these days. It might be harder to uncover those, right? But it can be anything from, you know, I am making my grandma's favorite recipe for mashed potatoes, even though I'm not with her this year, or I got these great new fuzzy socks that are, you know, super comfortable and, you know, cozy. Um, you know, my children are here and yes, you know, we can't do the normal activities, but look at their smiling faces. Look how happy they are, right? Just really focusing on the positive as much as we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there is almost always something positive that we can focus on. So I think we get into trouble a little bit when we get really fixated on what isn't there, that what is lacking from a situation. If I was expecting to spend the holidays with my family and now that's not an option and I only focus my attention on that piece of it, it's gonna be very difficult to enjoy myself. Um, you know, or even thinking about things in terms of like, I, it doesn't have to be a big deal that maybe this holiday, I don't have to put a lot of, you know, I don't have to make it the best experience ever because it's just not, it might just be another day to me and that's okay too. Right, right. So there are things though, in normal times, we might have more options available to us um, than we do this year. But just talking about holidays in general, sometimes when people are feeling down, you know, the research shows that doing things like practicing gratitude, like you mentioned, Michelle, or even being able to give to others in some sort of way can really lift our, our spirits and change our focus off of what maybe we don't have by giving or being of service to somebody else. So whether, you know, you can donate to a family, they have different programs about adopting families during the holidays and, and giving to somebody who maybe doesn't have the same resources as you do. In regular times, we have the opportunity to volunteer in person, like at soup kitchens or in other capacities at food banks. Um, I don't know what that looks like this year. It might not be as readily available. I actually looked into it because we did want to touch on, on it for the show. You still can. Um, a lot of places are actually pretty booked up, which is great, but there are still some um, places that you can search for um, to uh, volunteer in this capacity this year. I think it's just a lot more limited and the folks that they can serve and of course, you know, heightened safety precautions, but those options are still there, thankfully. Good. Yeah, and so that's a great way if you have the ability, if it's it's safe for you to do so, to be able to get outside of that negative lacking type mindset and focus your attention on something positive, which could just be helping someone else. You know, and like you said, it's so important. We don't want to just try to have positive intentions and a positive focus that aren't authentic because that just isn't going to work for somebody who, where the holidays are really hard because they've lost someone or just something that's different. Maybe they've gone through a divorce. Um, 
it's just not realistic that you're going to be super happy about this change. And so looking at something outside of yourself might be a good place to focus your attention to be able to move forward. Yeah. And neuroscience research actually shows that performing altruistic acts like this that we're talking about actually lights up the same pleasure centers in our brains as food and even sex. So well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, so why not? <laughs> why wouldn't we do that? Right. Um, so the next thing we want to talk about is holiday spending and specifically keeping track over it. So overspending can lead to depression when the bills arrive after Christmas is over, right? It's really exciting to buy things and give gifts. And then that credit card statement comes, right? So that can lead to further stress and depression throughout the year. Um, so this year, especially try things like homemade gifts or cards, you know, people more than ever experiencing and understanding massive job loss that's going on right now. So, so just something simple that you know, it shows your intent. It shows that you really do want to give something without having to spend a lot of money. Um, and then finding holiday activities that are free. And I think this is also important right now because so much is closed down. So getting in the car, this is something I always loved to do when I was a kid drive around the neighborhoods, look at the different holiday lights and decorations, you know, decorate your own home, go window shopping, um, or even watching the winter weather. So whether it's a snowflake or somewhere like here where it's a raindrop, it's just, you know, it's a really mindful experience. Just sit there, watch that. So there's a lot of things that we can do during these times right now to enjoy. Yes. And I think that that is so important to think about because we sometimes have these really big expectations that lead to overspending during the holidays, feeling like we have to maybe go really big on gifts. Um, but when you, when you look back at the holidays, especially childhood memories, kids are going to remember the way that they felt in certain experiences. They're not going to necessarily remember the gifts that they received. And so it's much more important, you know, if you're super stressed out because you've spent more money than you have on buying your kids these great gifts and they've got the gifts and they're probably excited about it. But at the same time, the, the energy of the situation is kind of negative because the feelings around it are like, oh my gosh, I spent too much. And now I've got to figure out yeah. how to pay for all this stuff. That's right. not going to create the most positive experience. Really being able to have quality time together, um, doing things like you said, like can be just as simple as driving in the car and looking at Christmas lights or having a really special meal together where everybody's really present and enjoying everybody's company. That's going to be just as valuable in the long term as a really expensive gift. I mean, your kids might not think that if you were to tell them that right now, but I, I <laughs> promise it's probably true. With yeah, kind of, I'm thinking back to that Barbie dream Porsche car that had the headlights on it back in the early nineties. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully Santa paid for that one though. Right. My parents didn't have to worry about that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember the, so I was more in the eighties, but I had the, the Barbie silver vet and it was Ooh. very exciting to get it. So <laughs> I'm not trying to say that a good Christmas gift doesn't make you feel really good. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it wasn't oh. one of the ones I could drive. Barbie drove it just for clarification. <laughs> yeah, me me too. It was Barbie's yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, the silver yeah. the the silver Corvette. Um yeah. but But yeah, don't buy those. <laughs> well, you can if they're accessible to you and it's not and and that's what your kid wants. But if it's something that's overextending you and you're going beyond your resources because you've got right. an idea that you've got to create something huge for it to be quality, that isn't necessarily good. And your your kids again are going to really remember the time that you spent being present with them and having a good time. And if you're really stressed out, that's, they're going right. to feel that it's not going to be as fun of an experience. And also your family, I don't want, 
I'm sure most people feel this way. I don't want my family spending money on me if they don't have it and they're being put out. That doesn't feel good. I would rather a homemade gift, like a, you know, some Christmas cookies or something that, you know, and then we have the opportunity to spend time together and, and share some kind of experience together, even if that's via zoom, I don't want them to overextend themselves to that's not what would make the holiday an exciting experience for me. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. I love homemade things. I I mean, it's really the thought, right? They always say that it's the thought that counts, but that really is what's meaningful behind it, right? So even if you give somebody like their favorite snack for Christmas or something like that, it shows, hey, I was thinking about you, right? And and I think too, with you know the lack of a lot of other things in the holiday season this year, parents are thinking, well, I have to make up for the fact that my kid's been homeschooled all year, right? He's really struggling. Mm-hmm. But again, if you can't afford that, you're going to be paying that off the rest of the year and in the long run that's just not good for anyone's mental health so right and if you can't afford it and you want to go big and have a a very decadent type Christmas then that's okay too yes yes exactly but you want to just work within in your means so that you're managing your stress and there's nothing more stressful than ending the holiday season with a ton of credit card debt right Um, So Laura, let's take a quick break. um, And when we come back, we'll talk more about the stress at the holiday season um, that we can all relate to and cope together with. Um, But uh, as a reminder too, social media, find us there. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We'll be right back. This is Holding Ground. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Thanks for tuning into our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing, our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. We are the physicians, the nurses, the hospital and health system leaders. All we ask of you is to take three simple steps proven to stop the spread of COVID. Wear a cloth face mask, maintain social distance, and wash your hands. Scientific evidence must shape our decisions, dictate our actions, and protect our health. We are not powerless. Together, we will defeat COVID. This has been a message from the American Hospital Association, the American Medical Association, and the American Nurses Association. Some people know a good thing when they hear it. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Holding Ground. I'm Michelle, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, and I'm here with the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective, Laura Richer, and today we are discussing how to manage holiday stress. So next thing we want to get into is not setting yourself up for disappointment and sadness by comparing the good old days of the past, right? Don't compare this holiday to other holidays um, that we've experienced prior, because again, this one is going to look a little bit different. Put down your social media. Remember, you know, what people post on their social media, um, that's the highlight reel, right? So if this holiday season's hard for you, seeing images of everyone else having a great time um, might not be the best thing for your mental health. Um, The other thing we want to try to do 
is practice acceptance. So the, again, the holidays look different this year and acceptance doesn't mean we have to like it or agree with it, but accepting where we are and moving forward from there and managing you know, that path, right? That the way things look this year. So this is a little true for everybody this year because we're all dealing with the pandemic and restrictions and probably less likely to see as many people as we would normally do or over the holidays or have our same type of events. But this also can be true any year for people because sometimes mm -hmm. we have life events that happen that make things different. As we mentioned in the past uh, segment, maybe you have gone through some sort of breakup or divorce and holidays look very different for you this year. Um, maybe your kids have gone away and they're not home with you this year and that looks different. And so it can be really easy to go to the past and really with nostalgia, think about all the great times that you've had. And and that can be challenging. So like you said, Michelle, this year more than ever, but often that's the case for people on any type of, of year that looking to the past can kind of make us feel terrible if, if for some reason we feel like there's a loss that has happened this year. And so finding a way to focus on what we have available to us now can be really healthy and create a more positive experience. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll actually later on in the show kind of go over more in depth what grief does look like during this year and being alone in particular during the holiday. So because those are such important topics, regardless if we're in a pandemic or not. So, um, you know, another thing we can really try to do is reach out. So if you are feeling lonely or isolated this year, seek out communities such as religious or other social events that are actually online as well. I know a lot of uh, religious facilities are still having smaller gatherings if that feels like something safe, but many have websites, online support groups, social media sites, even virtual events that, you know, can offer extra support and companionship. And, you know, if you can, um, and if you really are struggling talk to a friend or family member about your concerns, you know, try reaching out with a text or a call. Um, but also, you know, if you're currently seeing a therapist, you know, schedule an extra appointment with them if you have to, right? And if you're not seeing a therapist currently, you know, maybe start trying to reach out and get some feelers out there for some additional support. Yes. You know, and a lot of people right now are so burned out on online. They're online all day at work and they're online <laughs> yeah. talking to their friends and family and they're, they don't want to even talk to anybody else online. Um, yeah. But if you are feeling isolated, even if it's just via text, it is so important to connect out and, and talk to somebody outside of yourself. So even if you have online fatigue to maximum capacity, it still is important to facilitate that connection. And yes, it's not the same as being able to interact in person. It's, it doesn't feel the same, but it is, it is still important for your mental health to be connecting with other people. Yeah. Um, and looking at what we have available to us right now is really all we can go back to because it isn't going to be the same. So if online is all we got, we have to focus on that. Okay. Because, you know, this year, you know, despite your best efforts, you might really be finding yourself feeling persistently sad or anxious, you know, plagued by physical complaints, you know, your sleep is really irregular, um, you're just irritable and hopeless in general and unable to face routine chores. So this is, you know, something that could last beyond the holiday. So again, you know, make sure you have support systems or talk to your mental health professional. Yeah. And if it just feels like too much and you don't really aren't super excited about doing holidays this year, you don't have to. This could be a year that you exactly. just take it as a day off and, and it doesn't have to be 
you know, anything extravagant. You can just work with what you have available to you. And, and that's okay too. Some people just choose to skip the holidays because they're not feeling it. And there's something wrong with that. Exactly. But you're not alone in holiday stress. I think everyone is feeling a desire to, to be able to, to maintain some sort of normalcy. And, and if the holidays are a time of year that are really important to you, whether it's for religious reasons or, or, or wanting to maintain traditions for your kids and things like that, it's, it's just going to be a little bit different. So what do you think that that might look like for people, Michelle, if they were to set some realistic expectations for themselves this year, just being that this year has been so weird for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, focus on what you can do again and focus what you do have available to you. Um, You know, one of the greatest things we can do if we can be around children, if we have our own children or extended family, you know, that we can at least see on Zoom or something, watching children on the holidays is one of the most joyful experiences, right? It's their favorite time of year, right? They don't have any most children, right, don't have any really conflicting beliefs around the holidays yet, right, because it's just family gatherings and foods and maybe some gifts, right, so, you know, just really, you know, watching that can really just bring back a lot of joy, Um, but, you know, with the last point, right, um, you know, you're not alone in this, right, so I think we can get very zoomed in into our own experience and very zoomed into what's going on for us right in front of us, but understanding this is hard on all of us, and, you know, on a more micro level within your family, right? If you are trying to make plans and get things set up with mom and grandma and grandma's stressed out and yelling about the turkey and mom's over here like dealing with the Christmas lights, right? Just having more compassion that we're all really struggling right now, right? Don't take that necessarily as an opportunity to feel even worse yourself or, you know, perhaps, you know, have some sort of disagreement, right? Really understanding that we're, we're not alone in this. Yeah. I was watching a show on Netflix the other day that was, I can't even think of the name of it now. It's called Mr. Christmas or something like that. It was about a guy (laughs) who goes and helps people decorate their homes for the holidays. And I think this was like recorded pre-pandemic, but um, it was this family who had never hosted the holidays in their home before. They had young children and they'd always gone to their parents' houses. And so this was the first year that they were going to host it. And there was all of this expectation put on it, that it had to be Mm -hmm. that you know, mom was super picky. And so if mom was coming to their, their holiday gathering, it had to be just the way that she would do it. And it had to be decorated a certain way. And I mean, they had all of these things that just had to be perfect. And I thought, as I was watching that, what a recipe for disaster, this is going to be a miserable experience for these people, because there is so many high expectations placed on this one event that every little detail needs to be perfect. And especially now it's just, it's probably not realistic to be able right. to make it that you're everyone's going to have the best experience that they've ever had. And so I think that there can be in, in regular times, there can be kind of a letdown that you experience if that's the mindset that you're in. Yeah, right. If we're all striving to have that Hallmark movie picturesque, yes. you know, holiday, right? It's it's probably not going to turn out that way, right? Because yeah, all the stress is going into the preparation. It's kind of like sometimes when people put, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars into this like perfect wedding, right? And then they have they wake up the next day and it's like kind of that huge down after 
afterwards, right? Well, that's over. Look at all the stress and time we put into that, that maybe didn't necessarily, ha we didn't have to have the perfect wedding, right? So kind of like that, right? Like focusing in on one event, right? We're putting all of our efforts into that. And then we're, are we actually enjoying the actual day? Right. And the, the wedding is such an interesting example you bring up because over the years, I've talked to so many clients after their wedding, they kind of, even though their wedding was great and everything went well, they have this feeling of kind of let down afterwards. And it's just because so much expectation is placed on it. Mm -hmm. You spend such a long time planning it and it needs, you know, maybe you've dreamed about it your whole life and it needs to be the perfect perfect event. And in doing that, you don't actually get to enjoy it. And so we probably don't plan the holidays to that same extent, but it could still have that same feeling of letdown if we're so consumed with needing it to be perfect. Now, if you have Mr. Christmas coming to help you decorate, maybe that makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, but... what's his number? <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't, it's okay. You might not have the perfect setup and it's not about that. It's about enjoying the experience and enjoying the people that you're with. Yes. And so that takes us to the next thing, which I think is helpful all the time. And that is practicing gratitude. Tell us a little bit more about that, Michelle. Yeah, so we touched on that a little bit earlier, but really it's a conscious reflection of all the blessings and things that we have in our day-to-day -day life, right? So it doesn't even have to be about the specific holiday, but reflecting on the past year, right? There are nuggets of good things that have come out of this year, right? We've all had a positive exchange with somebody we care about. You know, there, there are positive things that are going on. So um, research really suggests that, you know, it's worth the effort to slow down regain your focus, practice, you know, focus in on that gratitude. Um, a study published earlier this year, actually, in the Journal of uh, Psychology Science found that people who express gratitude to others felt significantly closer to those people afterwards. In fact, 92% saw their happiness increase. So this would be direct communication of gratitude to maybe your partner, your mom, your child, maybe your dog, right? You know, just, I'm really grateful that you are such and such or that you add this to my life, right? So that direct gratitude towards others really can um, show a huge uptick in our happiness. So in this crazy year of 2020, what are some things you noticed that you felt grateful for that weren't maybe wouldn't have been available to you otherwise? What are some examples of that that people can, to help people focus their attention in that direction? That's a great question. Um, well, one, Laura, obviously would be coming to work for you. Um, of course. I mean, that was probably the, the best part. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was working from home for a while, so we are doing in-person sessions, but also online sessions at Anchor Light. But, you know, just things like getting to be around my animal more. Of course, it's not having to homeschool him, right? So my yeah. at-home experience may have looked a little bit different, but right, more things. We had to be forced outside more to go into nature, right? Because it was really one of the only things that we had available to us um, and just, you know, getting closer with your quarantine bubble or the people that you are, you know, able to see in a healthy capacity. And I've really um, strengthened a lot of relationships like over the phone. And I don't, <laughs> I don't really zoom with my friends because we're all tired of zoom too, but really reestablishing connections because, you know, there isn't much else that we could have done this year. So, and I've also um, probably added too much to my plant collection, but yes, um, that's also me too. something. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh, um, I was buying more plants at Lowe's yesterday. The house is filled with plants since we've been uh, more oh locked gosh. down recently. That is so yep. funny. <laughs> yep. So lots to be grateful for. There really is. And I was, again, speaking of being at Lowe's yesterday, you know, people are obviously doing home projects around their house because there were tons of people in the lumber section there. 
Um, so that was one thing I was really grateful is being able to, when we were in lockdown, before we went back to seeing clients in person is to be able to have some time at home to spend with my family and my dogs and be able to do some things around the house that we probably wouldn't have gotten to otherwise. Um, and it was just a year to really slow things down, I think, which was kind of nice. And I miss all of the regular plans that we have, the baseball games and concerts and travel and stuff but it, there was something kind of nice in slowing things down this year to be able to to do some things that we would normally not choose to do right, right. And so I can feel grateful for that and you also don't have to feel grateful for things you don't if you hate online school and you don't feel grateful for, for that you don't have to pretend you do because that is something that's been really really tough for people but you want to try to find the things that you can focus on Yeah. Well, and that's a good point. So when I suggest um, sometimes doing a gratitude list to clients or friends, that sort of things, sometimes we can't come up with anything that we're grateful for in that day or that month or however frequently we're doing these lists. So what I'll have clients then do is also create a list then of things that are out of my control, right? So kids have to do Zoom school. I have to do Zoom um, work, right? I may have had a reduction in hours, all these things, right? Writing down the things you can't control kind of externalizes this, you know, because when we try to focus on things we can't but that we can't control and try to control those in some sort of way with our anxiety or whatever it is rumination um you know it's good to externalize that put it on paper like okay i can't control this thing right so it kind of sheds some of that weight right so it doesn't always have to be you know every single day the sunshine was wonderful there was rainbows you know all of that that's that's not realistic but if you're externalizing the things you can't control can be helpful Yeah, I think that is a really good practice to notice the things that are upsetting you that are out of your control. I think there's kind of some, it makes it a little bit when you intentionally recognize those things to start accepting them that I don't like this, but there's nothing I can do about it. So I can maybe even just set it aside for right now. And then I would even challenge people. There is always something to be grateful for. Um, Even if it doesn't seem like a big thing, like I just might be grateful that I didn't get COVID or that, you know, I'm, I'm woke up breathing this morning. I mean, there is, mm-hmm. sometimes we have to dig deep. Sometimes it looks yeah. pretty bad and it doesn't look like there's a lot, but there is usually yeah. at least one thing we can find. And that is just such an effective tool in trying to change your mindset. Mm-hmm. Laura, I think it's time for another quick break. Just a real quick reminder to our client, our listeners, and maybe some of you are our clients too, but you can find us on anchorlighttherapy.com. You can schedule a complimentary 20 minute consultation with us. Um, And when we come back, we're going to talk more about holiday stress specific to those who are spending the holidays alone this year. Perhaps you always spend the holidays alone. And then we'll actually touch on grief experience during the holidays as well. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Holding Ground. Being a teenager is tough. There's the constant pressure to be liked. Endless worrying about college. Cyberbullying, high expectations, all the negativity. There's no question. Being a teenager is tough. And what do Washington's teens do when they want to block out the noise and clear their heads? We play! Research shows that teenagers who participate in high school sports have lower stress levels, more confidence, and greater self-esteem. And then there's the biggest benefit of all. High school sports are fun. Not just fun. They're a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Encourage your teenagers to participate in a sport or activity when they go to high school. They'll stress less and smile more. And they'll be laying the foundation for a happier, healthier future. 
This message presented by the Washington Interscholastic Activities Association and the Washington State Secondary Athletic Administrators Association. Thanks for tuning into our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Folding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing, our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. Do you make a positive difference in the world? Do you have a talent, philosophy, base of knowledge, product or service that you know could help a lot of people if only you could reach them? Join Alternative Talk 1150's family of broadcasters and start walking down a fruitful path. As host of your very own program, dial 425-653-1150 and find out just how affordable it can be to have a show on 1150 AM. That's 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. You're listening to Holding Ground on KKNW. My name is Laura Richer. I am the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle. And every Monday morning, we talk a little bit about the world of therapy and positive mental health. And today, we are talking about stress during the holidays and tips on how you can cope with your stress, especially this very strange holiday season in 2020. So, Mm -hmm. Michelle, some people don't do anything on the holidays. Sometimes they're alone and um, that could be just because of this year because we're a little more isolated. And sometimes that is just an experience they have normally. So what do you say to clients who who spend the holidays alone and, and struggle with that a little bit? Right. So I think the first thing that comes along with that is you're right. This isn't just an, you know, an isolated 2020 event. There's a lot of reasons why folks spend the holidays alone, whether, you know, it's, um, they just don't like the holidays, right? That's fine. We don't all like the holidays. Some people don't celebrate the holidays and there's that so much societal pressure. I think like Christmas is here. And so everyone has to give gifts and everything's, you know, jolly and snowflakes and, you know, Santa Claus and all that. But, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't fit for everyone. Not everyone celebrates that, but we can, sometimes clients can feel almost guilt about um, being alone on the holidays. You know, I should be doing this or I should be with family. Right. So all that external pressure. Like a really, uh, they have a really negative association with holidays because there was something that traumatic that happened on a holiday. And so it can be a really painful or uncomfortable time for them. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to avoid the holidays, you know, intentionally be alone, right? If you don't like the holidays, that's, that's just coping, right? So caring for yourself means that you're coping well. So it can be uncomfortable things like setting boundaries, not giving into that shame or guilt for not wanting to be with others um, around the holiday season. Again, acknowledge your feelings. You might be feeling lonely, you might be feeling grief, anxiety, depression. These are all really legitimate. And if we try to deny how we're feeling, right, we're denying our ourselves the opportunity to heal through that. So um, yeah, a lot of guilt, a lot of blame, you know, I should be with a partner, you know, that partner I lost years ago should be here with me or, you know, fixating on what we don't have um, can be really hard for folks. Um, But again, some people want to be alone. Some people don't like the holidays and that's okay too. Yeah. And, or if you don't, I remember when I was single, the holidays felt especially depressing because holidays kind of revolve around family and, 
and maybe even being coupled, even if you go to your own family and everybody's coupled except for you. Um, And there were some years I just didn't really feel like even doing that. So I might hang out with some of my girlfriends or go away for the weekend instead of participating with family because it just wasn't a, it was a depressing experience and it's not what I felt like doing. So if you don't want to see your family on the holidays because you've got something else going on, that's okay. Right. Right, exactly. And that can be difficult for some folks too. So, you know, I feel this obligation to be with my family. This is what you do, right? But like, I like your point, um, Laura, about, you know, you go to your family holiday event, everyone has kids, everyone has a partner, right? And then it's, oh, Michelle, well, you know, you're, you're going to find somebody. Have you found somebody yet? Why haven't you found somebody, right? Everyone, you know, that kind of stuff really can be hard. Why and haven't course- you found anybody? That is the worst question. You should never <laughs> ask that to anyone. Right. Yeah, you're a good catch. I, I, I don't understand. Like, why doesn't why anyone, anyone like you? want to be with you? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's like, well, I'm putting down my mashed potatoes and leaving because, yeah. So sometimes those things are not going to go well, right? So learning to say no can be really difficult for people. But, you know, if you're saying yes, when you should say no, it can really feel, leave you feeling resentful, overwhelmed, obligated, you know, but the truth is friends, family, colleagues, they will understand if you can't participate in every single project, every single activities. And if it's not possible in this sense to say no to your boss, like if they ask you to work overtime, you know, try to remove something else from your agenda to make up for the lost time. Cause I think we don't talk give enough credit to the folks that do or have to work on the holidays, right? Retail workers and folks that, you know, do, you know, all kinds of service work for us, right? That we kind of take for granted. Oh, it's Black Friday and I'm going to get there at 5 a.m. Well, the person who's helping you out pick out that new TV, they had to wake up at 3 a.m. after Thanksgiving dinner to be there to help you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we need to, you know, give them a shout out. And so if you are uh, a person that is working a job like that, first of all, thank you. Um, But also try to remove something else from your agenda um, so you can make up for that lost time. Yes. So just managing your time based on this, or, you know, maybe you aren't able to celebrate Christmas morning because you work for, for whatever reason, or you're, and you can't say no to that. Um, And then you can find another time to do what you normally do that you can make adjustments based on what your needs are. And, you know, I have had a lot of clients over the years that the holidays can be a really difficult time. Um, because there's grief present for whatever reason. Uh, This year I have a client who lost a parent and just cannot deal with the holidays. I'm not sure with travel restrictions, what this looks like for them, but they were just gonna go to Mexico. They just didn't want to deal Mm -hmm. with being with all the family stuff and, Mm -hmm. and, and it was just, they weren't ready for that yet. And so they were gonna just go take care of themselves at the beach, which I think sounds like amazing. Self-care, I love it, yeah. So another reason why sometimes we want prefer to spend the holidays alone is um, if we have a toxic or strained family relationship with some folks that are in our family. So, you know, you're, again, you're not obligated to see people just because you are blood. And I have a lot of clients who <laughs> I definitely know it would not be good for them to be around certain family members. And, you know, I try to say, you know, if you dread going to holiday gatherings, even over Zoom, you probably shouldn't go because, again, it's kind of like that overspending. Um, for holiday gifts, right? We put all this effort and energy into something that we end up just feeling stressed out about and depressed for maybe a long time after that. So, you know, if you're going to be alone celebrating this year, alone seems best. 
go with that. Um, mm-hmm. And again, just because there's an expectation of holidays of the past by society, movies, social media, doesn't mean you have to force yourself to fit that mold. Um, because again, you're going to feel worse at the end. So if you can get, can't get in touch with your biological family for some reason, try to celebrate with close friends, you know, maybe some neighbors, even your favorite pet. Um, so there's a lot that you can do to make sure if you need to be alone this holiday season that you do are able to do that. And that is such a good point. I'm thinking of a client I had a couple of years ago that really struggled with the holidays because for whatever reason, her mother put so much expectation on everything needing to be perfect. She was always very disappointed and stressed out and, and kind of tortured everyone around her in the process of her, of all of this expectation that she had. And so finally, my client just said, you know, I'm just not going to do this anymore. Like I dread this every year. I feel terrible days afterwards. I'm just not going anymore. And Mm -hmm. I I fully support that. Sometimes it's just not healthy to, to subject ourselves to those kinds of things. Yeah. And that kind of circles back to the expectation piece we were talking about earlier, right? I'm going to focus so much on the decorations and the food and the gifts and every bow has to be tied perfectly, right? And when you're living, trying to live up to those expectations, maybe folks around you are suffering because of it, right? And they might not want to come and see you anymore. So, I mean, we have to kind of, you know, weigh the uh, cost and benefit there of putting the effort where maybe it shouldn't be going, right? So So if your guests are canceling, you might need to take a hard look (laughs) inward and see what you're doing at the holidays. Mr. Christmas, this is too much. Nobody's coming this year. Um, But yeah, I mean, and there's obviously all other kinds of reasons why maybe, you know, you shouldn't be around certain people for the holidays. And again, that expectation and that pressure, it can be so huge. But if you can try not to give into it, if it's better for you, then just don't do it. Don't go. And not to villainize the people who have a lot of expectation around the holidays, because there's usually a lot tied into that, you know, maybe they just really had, maybe they had bad holidays when they were, were kids and they really want their kid to have the experience that they didn't have, or, or, you know, there can be all kinds of different reasons why someone is really tied to creating the perfect experience. Um, but if you find you're not enjoying doing that and it's, you know, if you are a Martha Stewart type that just really shines during the holiday season, creating experiences for people and you love doing that great. But if you find that it's creating tension and stress, then it's probably, there's probably something to look at that needs to be adjusted there. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to not hang out with your family on the holidays. If it's not healthy for you or for them, or there's a good reason why you know, you can't travel to see them is a good reason. There's all kinds of reasons why being with family is not the best choice over the holidays. Um, So what could you do instead if you can't hang out with your family? So, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about some activities that maybe you can do. So let's say you like the holidays, right? So maybe we all have that kind of favorite holiday movie on Lifetime or the Hallmark Channel. You know, again, those might set high expectations, but, you know, cozy up, watch something like that, make your favorite meal. If that's, you know, how grandma used to cook dinner or if it's how, you know, your favorite pizza place that might be open, right? Um, if you're not going to focus on the holidays at all, right, do something that would normally bring you joy. So maybe that's, you know, listening to or creating music or art, going for a walk. Um, you know, a lot of people I um, go and do things like a Christmas hike or a Thanksgiving day hike or something like that where they're out in nature. They're not having the traditional holiday experience. Um, so those are just some 
some things that you can do if you do want to celebrate, but you're going to not be doing it with many or any other people. Yeah. Or, you know, choose who you want to spend your time with. Some people have their chosen family, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. your neighbors or your good friends or, or the people that you actually want to spend time with. And it's okay to to spend your holidays with them. Yep. Yep. (laughs) All right. Well, this is a great conversation, Michelle. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about holiday stress and dive a little deeper into what people who can do who are experiencing uh, grief for the holidays. So we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue talking more on this topic. You're listening to Holding Ground on KKNW. Alternative Talk 1150 is your sports organization's safe bet when it comes to airing your team's games. Our players are all seasoned professionals when it comes to sports programming. Imagine your games being heard on local radio. Your team deserves the MVP treatment. Call 425-653-1150 today to learn how affordable and fun it is to broadcast your games on the radio. Call 425-653-1150 and make your next season something special. That's 425-653-1150. Thanks for tuning in to our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing, our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Place with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Kids are full of energy, but keeping them active in their teen years can be a challenge. Aim for an hour of physical activity every day. If they like sports, that's a great place to start. Keep the focus on fun, not winning, and encourage your child to do a variety of activities. If your child isn't meeting that 60-minute goal, gradually increase their activity in ways they enjoy. For more, talk with your pediatrician or visit HealthyChildren.org. Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Holding Ground. I am Michelle, and I'm here with the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective, Laura Richer. And in this segment, we are going to talk more about how to honor and manage grief during the holiday season. And quick reminder to our listeners out there, if you would like to chat with Laura or myself, you can schedule a complimentary 20-minute consultation with us. You can find the information for that on our website, Anchor Light Therapy Um, The holiday season might be a really good time to start therapy because lots of stress could come up during this time. Yes. Yes. It's a a gift that keeps on giving. So give that to yourself. So, um, so diving into grief, right? So the holidays are, you know, a time that are spent with our loved ones. This has really been imprinted on our psyche from a very young age, but when you lose someone special, your world really lacks this, um, celebratory qualities of, you know, being with everyone that, um, you love and holidays can really magnify this loss. So when a holiday, you know, even things like mother's day or father's day, um, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, and any one of those really focuses on that time of family. And it really draws our focus actually to that feeling of loss of the person that used to be there. Um, so it's more of a magnifying glass. It can be of who's not there versus, you know, that what is there? Who can I, you know, create new traditions with, right? Because we might just not be in that place yet where we even want to celebrate holidays. And this is another reason why folks might be alone over the holidays. It's just too hard to go um, and be with others when you know 
maybe mom's not there or grandma or, you know, whoever it is that's missing. So really try to be gentle with yourself, protect yourself as much as you need to. Again, if you need to stay home, stay home, um, you know, don't do more than you want to, right? And don't do anything that won't serve you. So, you know, sometimes people will cope with eating too much or, you know, maybe drinking too much, that sort of thing. But in the long time, that long term, right, that doesn't serve you. So do allow time for your feelings, you know, and don't keep them bottled up. If you have 500 tears to cry, don't stop at 250. Just let that out. Um, allow others to help if you really are open to um, being around others, right? Have it reaching out. Um, and, you know, if you do have somebody, a friend that is going through grief, right? Find ways to maybe support them, right? Just be with them in that grief. If you want to, you know, invite them to your gathering or maybe just out for coffee the day before, um, do try to show up for folks that are experiencing a loss this year. That's so important. I think a lot of time what is of times what's challenging for people who are grieving is that they feel the need to mask that because they don't want to make the people around them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, or the other people around them will let them know they're uncomfortable with by saying things that are never helpful, like, oh, well, at least they're not suffering anymore, or at least you had them for the time you had them, if it's if we're dealing with a death or or, you know, if it's a, dis a divorce, well, you'll find somebody better. That, none of that is helpful to a person who is experiencing a sense of, of pain related to a loss. Um, and what we know, uh, the research around grief shows that it's not necessarily time that heals the pain associated with grief. It's what you do with that time. And a big piece of grieving is just allowing yourself to experience those feelings so that you can move through them and heal them, suppressing them or trying to pretend they're not there actually doesn't work. So if you have to choose to be around different people because the people you're normally around are uncomfortable with your grief, then, then that would probably be the best choice for you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point, right? When we try to silver line bad experiences for other people, like you're saying like, well, you know, grandma's looking down on you today and she's still with you and she's here. Or, you know, at least we had that good old time last year, right? Like trying to spin a positive off of something when somebody's really struggling doesn't help them. It actually can increase that pressure of, okay, I have to put on this happy face, right? I have to make sure everyone else is comfortable with what I'm feeling and mask what I'm actually feeling. So um, yeah, yeah, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so again, like my client who decided to take off to Mexico, if it's too hard to do, to do the normal routine right now, because you are experiencing loss, then that's okay. And yeah. for some people, I'm thinking of clients, you know, over the years who have maybe gone through a divorce and this is the first year divorced, trying to create holiday experiences with their kids. And so it's, they can't really just escape and go to Mexico because they have kids that, that they need to be there for. And they're trying to create a new normal for them. Um, I think that's when you go back to, it's okay to feel your feelings. And it's also okay to start to set different expectations of what this new normal might look like and, and yeah. focus your attention on what, now that you're doing things in a different way, what new traditions can you have or different way, new holiday? Maybe you always had turkey and you decide to make hamburgers this hey. year or something. I don't oh, know. Or, yeah. <laughs> or steak, either one. 
we're going we're going into the Burger King drive thru whatever yeah. it is. But I I think, you know, that's a really good important point about families of divorce with children, right? Because like thinking of yourself as a single parent, you're you know, you're having to do Christmas morning alone, getting all that together, right? And then maybe taking your kids over to dad's or your, you know, ex spouse's house, right? And then then you are alone for the rest of the evening, right? Yeah. When your holidays used to look so different. So while grief, you know, traditionally we think of losing somebody through death, right? That's not always the case. It's marriage, it's breakups, it's, you know, the children have to be somewhere else for whatever reason. So yes, grief takes all different kinds of form. I think that definitely divorce is causes a lot of sense of loss of what was and grief also even for people who lost their job this year and maybe they mm-hmm. you know go super big over the holidays but that's just not an option this year because finances are really restricted that right. that you're going to experience a sense of grief around that as well exactly exactly so another thing associated and we've touched on this throughout but a great way to make sure you have a positive holiday experience no matter what you're dealing with during the holiday season is to have healthy boundaries. And that's actually a great practice in life just in general. But Michelle, tell our listeners how healthy boundaries can help them have a better holiday experience. Yeah. So um, in particular to grief, but this applies um, to a lot of things we've already talked about. Um, Let's say you're having that huge family gathering or, you know, you always go to this huge tree lighting ceremony with people at work or, you know, you do like the white elephant celebration with maybe your coworkers, whatever it is, be, you know, trying to say, you know what, this year I I can't participate, right? Because anything that brings up the thought of a holiday might really just be a trigger of what's missing. So if it's a relationship, or children are visiting, you know, their their father or mother on the other side of the country, you know, things like that, you can, you can step back from if that's not going to be the healthiest um, experience for you, the most joyful experience, right? So these things that really can remind us of the holidays, which transport, you know, it's to, you know, reminders of maybe who we lost or what we've lost, right? Saying no to things, right? Which yeah. can be hard because again, there's that expectation, right? Well, it's the holidays, you're supposed to participate and, you know, you can say no. You can. And sometimes something that's even tougher, and I think we'll just end on this note because I know that probably almost all of us struggle with this during the holidays, is setting boundaries for yourself. So it can be very tempting to overeat, overdrink, overindulge in any sort of way, overspend. And so checking in with ourselves and what would be good boundaries to set for ourselves can be really helpful so you don't have that horrible holiday hangover come the new year. Yep. And one last thing I would like to say about grief is, you know, so say you lose a parent, right, but you have children, right, they've lost their grandmother. So, um, you know, focusing too on children are grieving too this year, if somebody was lost, or even, you know, their school experience and their friends, right, all those things could be lost to them this year. So also keep, you know, focusing on children and being there for the children who are also experiencing a loss this holiday season. Well, that is all the time that we have for today. Um, I hope that all of our listeners and everyone has an amazing holiday season this year and has the opportunity to focus on creating a positive experience and take really good care of themselves. Um, Thanks for joining us today. We are here every Monday on KKNW. Um, And Michelle, where else can they find us? 
you can find us everywhere. So Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, of course, again, our, our website. Um, so definitely check us out. Um, and next week, we'll have another exciting show for you. We're actually going to answer all the questions you've ever wanted to ask your therapist, but we're afraid to ask. So be sure to tune in next week. Thank you for listening to Holding Ground. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. We'll see you next week.